Welcome back to the CBJ Show. This is episode 11. I am your host, Jason, alongside Brandon and Cam. And today we're going to be talking about what's going on in sports, mainly NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, some predictions, and more. Now we're going to start off with the NBA report. In the longest season in NBA history, it was the Lakers that came up on top, beating the Heat in six games with none other than LeBron James winning his fourth Finals MVP in his fourth NBA Finals victory. All teams are out of the Orlando bubble and back at home. This will be an important offseason with a great draft class and some solid free agents. Top prospects for the 2020 NBA draft this year include Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball. Free agency news, superstar player, and now NBA champion Anthony Davis has opted out of his player option with the Lakers and is planning on signing a long-term contract with the LA Lakers as he and LeBron will hope to repeat in 2021. Also, according to an anonymous agent, DeMar DeRozan does not like San Antonio, and he will probably be finding a new home this offseason. Seven teams have found a brand new head coach, and we'll be discussing them later this episode. That concludes the NBA update, as we have lots of end of the season and offseason news. Next up, the NFL report with Brandon. Awesome. Thanks, Jason, for that quick NBA report. It's crazy how long that season went, and uh, like he mentioned, we'll talk about all the new head coaches, but I'm here to talk about uh, our my uh, the NFL report. Uh, a lot of players have been on IR for non-injury re- reasons, and that's because of the COVID-19 pandemic that has gone on. We've seen so many people, Cam Noonan for the Patriots, and my, uh, many more. Uh, the list I have included will impact fantasy rosters for tomorrow, uh, not just injury, but also COVID-related. Joe Mixon, Raheem Mostert, Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, and Jamal Adams are all out. I would not recommend playing any of them unless you would like to get a fat zero. Emmanuel Sanders is one of the few players that has COVID, and uh, that is why he will not be playing. The rest are injury-related. Uh, Dak Prescott, unfortunately, a few weeks ago against the Giants, uh, had an injury, and he'll be out for the rest of the year. McCaffrey and Barkley also on IR for the rest of the year as they had injuries in prior weeks. Nick Chubb, running back for the uh, Browns, is on IR. Austin Eakler, Sony Michelle, and Cortland Sutton all on IR. D Ford, defensive end, Von Miller, linebacker, uh, all on IR. And uh, Von Miller is actually um, out for the year, so that'll be a big loss for uh, the Broncos. Anthony Barr, linebacker, Nick Bosa, defensive end for the Niners, and Richard Sherman, cornerback for the Niners, all on IR. Nick Bosa's injury, though, is a season-ending injury that he had week two against the New York Jets. Uh, And a few players that are questionable, you may want to check out Adam Schefter and Ian Rapport. Getting a shout-out to them. They do a phenomenal job on every day uh, tweeting who's uh, who's inactive, who's active. So be sure to check out those. These are all game-time decisions. Sam Darnold, QB for the Jets. Aaron Jones, running back for the Green Bay Packers. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver for the new Arizona Cardinals. And Tredavious White, all are questionable. Check out both uh, Ian Rapport and Adam Schefter for the latest NFL news.
That's going to wrap it up for the NFL report. We're going to jump in to a quick World Series breakdown with Cam. Thank you, Brandon. Yes, we are now in the World Series of the MLB playoffs. It is the Los Angeles Dodgers versus the Tampa Bay Rays, arguably the two best teams in baseball this year. The Los Angeles Dodgers lead the Rays three games to one, with game four being tonight at 8 p.m. In game one, the Dodgers won six to two, with Walker Bueller getting the win there. In game two, the Rays in game two, the Rays tied it back up and even in the series at one apiece. Game three last night, Dodgers won six two again. And they they look to be coming out strong. You know, we saw Mookie Betts playing great, playing great so far. Oh, and they both these teams have been putting up a lot of runs. You know, the Dodge has been the team that won has put up six plus runs each game. You know, Dodgers winning eight three game one, race six four game two, and Dodgers six two last night. So these teams can score. We know they have power offenses. You know, pitchers got to be on point. Game one, Kershaw. Kershaw had eight eight strikeouts in game two. The Rays Anderson had two strikeouts who got the win. He wasn't the starter in that game, though. And in game three, the Dodgers' Walker Bueller got the win with 10 strikeouts. So the pitch, pitching hasn't been – they've been doing great, but, you know, these teams still find a way to score. It's going to be whoever can score the most runs at the end of this. Um, game four is tonight at 8 o'clock, um, winding down the series. There are fans at these games, though. They have about 28% at this neutral site in Texas. And that will conclude the World Series recap as the baseball season's coming to an end. Thanks, Cam. Like Cam mentioned, these games are being played with fans in Arlington, Texas at Globe Life Park, not to be mistaken with their old Texas Rangers Stadium, Globe Life Field. And to make it even more confusing, they're right across from a parking lot. You got Globe Life Field on one side, Glow Light Park on the other side of the parking lot. Couldn't have made it any farther? Guess not. Like Jason mentioned earlier, uh, seven teams have had new coaches this offseason. A lot of it has to do with uh, teams not making the playoffs, and some have to do with the poor playoff performance in the bubble. Because there was a bubble, there was no home field advantage, home court advantage like we usually see. So teams like the Milwaukee Bucks were eliminated in the second round. Don't usually see the five seed or uh, higher seed be in the world uh, NBA finals. That was rare and it had to do a big part with the bubble. Anthony Davis is a free agent, but he will be signing with the Lakers and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo will have um, some decisions in a year as his uh, his, uh, he is almost going to be an uh, free agent soon. Jason and Cam, I would like, uh, Jason, I'll start with you. The Nets, uh, they they picked up Steve Nash, who's a two-time NBA regular season MVP. What does Nash bring to the table for the Knicks, Nets? Sorry. I think he brings a lot of experience of the game. Uh, obviously mentioned two-time regular season MVP. He's had some great seasons. He is one of the better playmakers in NBA history, putting up double-doubles very often. And now he has another elite point guard with Kyrie Irving. And I think they're going to um, – Kyrie's going to benefit off of Nash as his head coach. 
Um, and also, of course, Kevin Durant. I think that with um, the right uh, coaching, he can get back into his superstar form. Many people think around 2017, 18, 19, he looked like the best player in basketball. But then we had LeBron, Giannis, Kawhi step up. But I think that the development staff in Brooklyn is looking good. And they also just um, hired another former NBA star, Amari Stoudemire, as an assistant coach. So with Nash and Stoudemire, this team could go pretty far, especially with a very deep lineup. Yeah, I mean, the Nets, they do have, they got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You know, those are arguably the top, top 15, 10 players of all of basketball. You know, they got some, those are good players there. We'll, we'll see what the Nets can do. You know, Steve Nash, like you said, has some great experience and should be able to hopefully help the Nets out. They, said they, they don't got a bad starting lineup. They shouldn't be as bad as they have been in the past. But, you know, it's all up. They play a lot of hard teams. You know, the very, very tough division conference they're in there, you know, with the Celtics and Milwaukee. But it should be should be interesting. You know, they got a lot of tough teams they got to play, including amidst the Raptors. But, yeah, I mean, they, they got a good depth with Kyrie and Durant, you know. But hopefully our Celtics can still beat them out. Kyrie and uh, Steve Nash are definitely going to be a good pairing. And Kevin Durant as well. They got a great team in Brooklyn, and this year was not their year. But who knows, when we bring back fans, as Adam Silver wants to do, he wants to bring back fans. If we do get fans, that Nets uh, Brooklyn crowd will go <laughs> crazy. Another team that made the playoffs but needed a new head coach was the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the early exit to the Boston Celtics forced Brett Brown to leave the front office and the 76ers. And in came Doc Rivers, who was fired from the Clippers after a poor performance in the conference semifinals. Okay, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what can Doc bring to the Sixers? And that Boston-Philly rival has always been big. And uh, does this play any factor into it, or does it get any better? Uh, yeah, Doc Rivers is a great coach, and you know, worked with the Celtics. Um, but yeah, I think that rivalry just got a little bit big, you know, bringing Doc to Philly. You know, these teams, these teams don't like each other and they hate each other. But Doc Rivers, he's a great coach. He has a lot of great experience, and he should should be able to help the Sixers out a lot. You know, he was the Clippers coach this past year, and some could have said the Clippers were should have gone all the way and won won the championship this year, even though they didn't. Um, but Doc's a great coach, you know. He coached a great Celtics team, you know, champions in 2008. But, yeah, I mean, the Sixers, they got a great ad in Doc Rivers as being their new head coach. Yeah, definitely got to agree. He's going to be a good fit there. Um, kind of similar to Nash, he has a lot of experience. Nash, with only player experience, but Doc Rivers, player and coach experience, he was a former NBA player and he wasn't that bad of a player. He has um, a lot of experience, as I mentioned, as a coach, coaching the 2018 champion uh, Boston Celtics with Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo. And now the Clippers just wasn't really a good fit with Kawhi and Paul George, it seemed, as the playoff performance was not the best. And now heading over to Philly, 
he needs to be able to turn around that team. They've been saying, trust the process, trust the process every single year. And um, the time to win has got to be now. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are young stars. And I don't really know how much more they're going to grow because they've been similar players like every year. Joel Embiid is one of the best post players in the NBA. And Ben Simmons, a great passer, not a shooter. But these guys can't progress in their young years. It's going to be hard. So Doc Rivers brings that win now mentality to that team. We'll see what Doc Rivers and the Philadelphia 76ers can do in that rival Boston-Philadelphia is definitely bigger. Uh, unfortunately, the Zion Williamson Pelicans did not make the playoffs after a strong bubble performance. It looks good, but they fell apart as the end of the bubble started to close for the regular season. And in came a new head coach for them, and this one – Surprise, Stan Van Gundy uh, coming down from broadcast experience, coming to uh, be the next Pelicans head coach. And uh, he wasn't a broadcaster for too long because in 2018, he was the head coach of the Pistons in Detroit. Like uh, in, in 2018 for the Pistons, we'll probably see the same uh, with the Pelicans. And Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, uh, Jacob Haynes, they got good stars. They're just young, uh, and I think they can do it. Cam, your thoughts? I mean, yeah, there's been – I think that, you know, he's got all, also got great experience. So he should, should bring a lot to the team there. And, you know, none of these teams that got new coaches are really that bad teams, you know, but – you know, some some will definitely do better than others, but it all, all depends on what the coaches coach is able to do there. But he does have great experience, and we'll see what'll happen. Yeah, gotta agree. Um, the experience definitely plays a factor here. Um, I was hoping that the Pelicans might have went a little younger for their coaching options since Van Gunnie's experience, and the Pelicans have one of the youngest cores in the NBA with stars like Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram and possibly future stars in Lonzo Ball and Jackson Hayes. But um, definitely going to work out well with Zion. He gets his new fresh start after uh, the Alvin Gentry experiment didn't work out in New Orleans. And I think that he's going to bring, um, yeah, the experience to the team. Zion's going to get better with this coaching. Brand Ingram, he's turned into an all-star. Uh, he definitely can still improve. And uh, the future for the Pelicans is looking bright with their young core and Van Gundy, not a bad addition to the team. We're going to take a quick moment uh, break from head coaching discussion and talk about the NBA offseason as it's happening right now. Wondering when will uh, the NBA start is the biggest question. And uh, yesterday, Woj tweeted out that 2021 season may start before Christmas. And uh, their goal of that would be to play 70 and 72 games and include a little playing tournament right before the playoffs, like we saw in the bubble. Jason, what do you think about this uh, tweet by Woes yesterday? And can they pull it off before, uh, by Christmas, or is Christmas way too soon? It's going to be a hard one to pull off, especially because the teams just exited the bubble uh, not too long ago. And we have all the offseason um, events with 
of course, the draft, free agency, all the offseason workouts and the scouting for the draft. But um, if anything, uh, if anyone can do this, it's definitely Adam Silver. He has been a genius with creating all of these plans for um, the NBA and the restart. Um, so I think that Adam Silver is going to try his hardest to pull it off. And I think we can do it. Um, yeah, Adam Silver can do it. Cam, quickly, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be tough to start, you know, before before Christmas. You know, we saw the NHL came out with their start date. It's going to try and be January 1st with no Winter Classic and no All-Star game out of coronavirus abundant out of coronavirus um, caution. But, I mean, it's definitely possible for them to start before Christmas, but I think it'll be tough for them to get that done. And my thoughts on this is Christmas is coming too soon. Uh, like uh, Jason mentioned, we just had the NBA Finals. We just had the Lakers lift the trophy as uh, 2020 NBA champs, which was much longer be, uh, between 2019 and 2020 champ. But if we want to start Christmas, that's a little too soon. Uh, NBA draft is going to be uh, mid-November and to start one month with no preseason, these teams are not going to be prepared. Give them a little bit of time to prepare. Start January 1st. Have a few less games. You don't have to do an 82-game season. You do around 65 to 70. You start January, and you get on track for 2022 as you get start December. And that way, by 2023 season, you can be on track for the regular pace. Jason? Yeah, they're definitely rushing it a little too much here because uh, there's still uh, in America, there's still a lot of places where the pandemic can be very dangerous and um, teams just finishing the year um, like they, they have to be with their families like they haven't been some teams like uh, the Lakers and Heat three months in the bubble almost and um, still within a pandemic having fans as well uh, within this plan. I don't really see it working. I think um, it's great that they're trying to rush it back so we get a lot more basketball for like entertainment and of course for the players um, to do what they love doing. But um, in order to get on track, it's going to take a few years. Like this season was none, wasn't like any other season we've ever seen. And it's probably going to affect the next few seasons. So they should just try to relax it a bit. I like the idea of uh, starting around Christmas time it's a great time to start basketball, but like Brandon said, they're not going to be prepared at all. With like one month after the draft, it's like, go, go, go. We got the first game of the season. Now we got to get practices in. Like just, um, just try to like chill out, relax, and um, hopefully they can find a plan. Yes, I think you're spot on for that. Christmas is too soon. And and like um, Jason mentioned, COVID, these teams are not going to probably use a bubble because this is going to be too hard to have a bubble. It worked uh, great for the uh, this year because we only needed to play like 10 games in, a, in the playoffs. Not a lot of teams made it, which was good. But for the teams that didn't make the tourney, uh, they haven't played in a long time. And those are some of the teams that want to start December. But you got to be uh, understand 
the teams like the Bulls that didn't even make this 22 tournament in Orlando, who haven't played for probably like four or five months now, and the Lakers, who just won the uh, NBA Finals about two weeks ago, which is crazy. So that time is definitely big. And I don't know how they're going to do with COVID and traveling. We've seen in the NFL and the NL- MLB season this year so many positive cases. MLS has started when they moved from the bubble to non-bubble, more cases arose. Not saying you can't, you have to have a bubble, but there is issues with having a non-bubble because uh, people could get COVID and they're playing games much closer than the NFL. NFL has a week between games and there's a little bit of wiggle room. NBA is playing like game every night or a game every other night. So that schedule is going to be tough. And I think they may have to take away a few games to have more travel days. Gonna go back to our coaches, wanting to include Cam for a few more minutes before he left. Uh, the Clippers, uh, like I mentioned, um, Doc Rivers left to go to the Sixers, so they need a new head coach. And then came Pion, Pyron Liu, who won the 2016 NBA Finals with LeBron in the Caps. Jason, uh, what are your thoughts on this uh, addition? to the Clippers? I don't really see it as an upgrade over Doc Rivers because they're they're both NBA champions as coaches. I think Doc Rivers um, was better with the development because when Tyron Lue got to Cleveland after the firing of David Blatt, he already had LeBron James, who was the best player in the league at the time. Some say he still is now. And Kyrie Irving, a developing young star at the time, and uh, Kevin Love, who had some great seasons in Minnesota just a few years after um, getting traded. These guys, all three of them, are stars. And I didn't really see an impact of Tyron Lue. I'm not saying he didn't make any good adjustments, but going to the Clippers, he's going to have Kawhi and Paul George. But as we've seen the success with these star players, Tyron Lue looks like he plays, uh, he coaches well with these players Uh, and also he is a former player so he has the experience so with Kawhi and Paul George I think Tyron Lue can make a good playoff push he did make a playoff push in 2016 with Kyrie Irving and LeBron James and the two players Clippers Paul George and company are definitely uh, ready uh, for a a championship in 2021 and one of the biggest things when hiring a new coach is that player coaching experience. Not only do they have coaching experience, but that player experience is so key because they know the play of the players. Coaches, coaches, and but if a player coach knows so much better because they were in that position as a player and now as a coach, so they know a little bit more about the game than just a coach does. Uh, the Knicks, unfortunately, did not make the bubble and are one of the Celtics' uh, longtime rivals, but not anymore because they uh, stink. Tom Thibodeau, uh, hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Jason, you can correct me if I'm wrong. He, uh, his last coaching job was in Minnesota. Take it away. Yeah, uh, it's pronounced Tom Thibodeau, but that's okay. But uh, he has had some good coaching experience in Minnesota. He's also been assistant coach on many teams, has won a few championships there. But um, the Knicks, they've just been a mess for the past few years, ever since 
Carmelo Anthony left and the Chris Porzingis injury, and then he got traded. The team has been an absolute mess. They need to turn it around. And they brought in David Fisdale a few years back um, as their new head coach. He got fired very early into um, the 2019-20 NBA season. And they were kind of stuck on a head coach. So Tom Thibodeau, coaching experience like a lot of these other guys. So I think that the Knicks, they're not going to have a lot of success for probably four or five more years. But bring the veteran presence into uh, the coaching staff is going to help develop guys like R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, and probably their uh, top seven draft pick this uh, NBA draft. They have the seventh pick this draft, and it's not the strongest draft class, but if they can pair someone to work with their young guys that could um, potentially develop in the stars in R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson, I think that Thibodeau will complement them well. Wonder if the new coaching uh, will spark any hopes for Knicks fans in the future. Uh, the Chicago Bulls, another team, missed out on the 22 NBA bubble this past uh, uh, July and August. Was the Bulls? They um, hired Billy Donovan, who was the OKC coach 2020. OKC had Paul George, remember, and they were a decent team. They beat the Celtics this year. And uh, back in March, when we were able to have fans. And, I mean, Oklahoma wasn't that bad, but they just don't have any good pieces. Paul George, um, I mean, Chris Paul, sorry. Paul George is on uh, the Clippers. Chris Paul is getting old, uh, like LeBron. He's almost, he's at, he's over his prime. And uh, he's going to need to uh, start to end. Uh He's going to leave uh, soon, and I think the OKC Thunder are heading downward. Uh, the Pacers um, hired Nate Bajorkin, hope I'm saying his name right as well, uh, as a new head coach. Uh, and the Pacers, uh, unfortunately, missed that as well, but they're a good team, and I think they have good talent with Oladipo. Jason, your thoughts? I'm a little bit unsure on the Pacers situation right now. Like bringing in Bjorkren, uh, hopefully I'm saying his name right, over Nate McMillan. Um, but the thing is, they're trying to shop Oladipo and Miles Turner, it seems. Uh, I don't really like the idea of that because I think they have a great foundation there with Malcolm Brogdon, who's taken a big step up from Milwaukee as uh, he's looking like a borderline star point guard. Victor Oladipo, of course, he was a 20-point scorer before his major injury. Came back, played some solid basketball, played very well in the playoffs, but um, didn't do too well um, for the Pacers. TJ Warren had a breakout um, year. Uh, Demontis Sabonis, all-star, and Miles Turner, they're going to be shopping him. So Bjorkren, not a bad addition, but I don't see him being that impactful. As we do this on Zoom, we only have 40 minutes to give you all the latest and best news we can possibly can. And unfortunately, we're running out of time. So uh, we will not get to everything we plan. But hopefully in a few weeks, uh, teams like the Houston Rockets, who have not decided their new head coach, will decide. And hopefully in a few weeks, we'll know about the NBA draft and the start to the 2021 season.
this Sunday, tomorrow, the Patriots are back in action against the 49ers. Jimmy G and uh, his company is heading to Foxborough for uh, Jimmy G's first time at Foxborough since he was traded. Jason, what's your Pats Niners uh, prediction? I got Pats over Niners 23 to 16. If the 49ers had, had a healthy defense with Nick Bosa and Richard Sherman, I'm definitely taking the Niners there because they made the Super Bowl last year with a very balanced team. The offense was pretty good, but the defense, well, that team was great with Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Richard Sherman, and more. But uh, I think that uh, Cam Newton and the Pats, they got a good shot today, or um, Sunday, excuse me. I think Cam Newton could pass for over 180 yards, a touchdown, and a rushing touchdown. He probably will throw an interception as he has done that in the past few games, but Cam will have a great overall game. Damian Harris now the starting running back of the Pats with Michelle out with an injury. I think he could get around 40 rushing yards. James White, we saw last game, he was amazing out of the backfield, providing a great option for Cam Newton. Pats didn't have a lot of success throwing the ball, but James White, he made all the necessary plays. So I think he'll get around 70 receiving yards. Julian Elliman had a down game. I think he'll get around 50 yards uh, in a bounce back game. Nikhil Harry, he had no catches last game. I think he'll also bounce back with a receiving touchdown. And I think Jimmy G will get picked off by Jason McCourty. Thanks for your in-depth analysis on your prediction. Love uh, predictions. Uh, Cam, fortunately, I leave, but he's going to predict a 24-16 pass. Probably about a, a touchdown or two from Cam and maybe an element catching a touchdown as well. I'm going to go a little higher than both uh, Jason and Cam. 27-16. Uh, uh, same again, 16-17 points. 27-17. Uh, High-scoring game for the Pats and uh, 17 for the Niners, but they're without Raheem Mostert, and that's big. Plus, their defense is missing key players, and that's why I think the Pats will get 27 points. It's going to be a touchdown or two from Cam Newton in the uh, offense, and I think Jimmy G throws a pick as well. He throws picks here and there, same with Cam, and pick six, seven points here and there can change the ballgame. Last night, the Revs were in action in Nashville. Unfortunately, uh, due to rain, it uh, didn't start until about 10 p.m. Eastern time. They eventually played it. And a uh, few notes from that. Uh, Rebs tied 1-1. Adam Pusa for the goal. Uh, Carlos Eel, we have not mentioned his name in a long time, but he made the return to the pitch last night from his Achilles injury in mid-July. And uh, good to see him back out there. Bo is injured, has not been in the match day 18 squad for a few weeks. And uh, this week, Pania had surgery for his injury. He had a few weeks ago against NYCFC. He'll be out for the rest of the year, but Bo should be returning very shortly. Revs are on B in their last four away games, 3-0-1, and they hope to improve that in a few more. Thanks for watching. Episode 11, crazy, we're over 10 episodes already. Uh, you're uh, listening to this and you've been here since uh, episode one. Thank you. If you're on Jason or I's 
YouTube channel or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, that can't says up. We thank you for uh, listening. And uh, Jason, you want to do a quick uh, Instagram? Where uh, can they find us on Instagram? Yeah, cbj.sports is where you can find us on Instagram. We're posting a lot of stuff on our story about um, stuff that has to do with sports, like breaking news, um, maybe some predictions once in a while, and some other fun stuff. Might do a few posts in the future. So cbj.sports is where you can follow us on Instagram. It is a public account, so please follow. And uh, Jason want to get into the action alone. He always posts some fun things. He has a uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm going to shout it out. It's JGYT Sports. He always posts fun sports and is a good uh, Instagram account to promote our podcast. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to uh, hook, uh, turn on your uh, notification bells on YouTube and subscribe to both Jason and I's YouTube channel. And we'll hope to see you next time. Peace.